0: For December, the, the number of stocks was um, uh, 15 and uh, 50, and already we increased it uh, the, the, uh, to 52. So instead of we increase the number uh, every three months or six months, well, I prefer we have a uh, big changes on the mechanism uh, to make it to 65 or to 80, and so that they can be more representative and we can still keep the diversity of the Hang Seng index. And mm-hmm. the key point is this should be able to represent. Uh, the performance of uh, Hong Kong stock, but not the Hong Kong economy. But anyway, I think increasing the number of stock is a good uh, movement.
1: Thank you all very much. Have a very happy Christmas. We look forward and to that. And a talk. happy
2: Christmas to you, Peter. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas indeed. <laughs> Thank and you all you, very Dary, much. and to you, Kenny.
1: You heard there, Stuart Alcroft, chairman of City Trust; Kenny Wen, wealth management strategist at Everbright Sun Hankai, Kai, and our international economics correspondent Barry Woods. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio Three. In the markets this morning, the ASX 200 in Australia up one percent. Uh, down in South Korea, uh, the Cosby is up about a third of a percent. Um, and uh in Hong Kong, looks like the Hang Seng is going to uh, drop three points. I'm just looking at some breaking news here. Donald Trump is saying the Covid relief bill, which we've just been talking about, is unsuitable and is demanding Congress add higher stimulus payments. As a result, US stock index futures have now lost all their gains here in uh, Asian trading. back chat's coming up very shortly with Hugh Chiverton and Anna Fenton. Let me give you an update on the weather forecast. Cloudy with a few rain patches. Maximum temperature is going to be about 20 degrees. The outlook is for it to be bright and mild during the day, during Christmas holidays and early next week. It's 17 degrees right now, 85% relative humidity. 8.32, here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news.
3: France has begun reopening its borders to traffic from Britain after a 48-hour closure, which has left thousands of trucks stranded in southeast England. European Union citizens and residents, freight drivers and others will be allowed in, provided they have a negative coronavirus test. The British military will take part in the operation to clear the backlog of trucks, trucks stuck in and around the English port of Dover since Sunday. The restrictions were imposed by France after the British government gave details at the weekend of a new fast-spreading strain of the virus. Grant Shapps is the British Transport Minister.
4: The French will be accepting lateral flow tests that will help to speed things uh, up uh, and uh, enable uh, the clearance of what's really quite a significant backlog uh, for the border for hauliers uh, and enable people to return home. But hauliers should not travel to Kent. It's not going to get you through any faster at all. In fact, there's really nowhere to go. So stay where you are for the moment.
3: President-elect Joe Biden has outlined plans to transform America's coronavirus response as soon as he takes office. Mr Biden said his administration would reorganize the distribution of COVID-19 vaccines, adding that he would ask Congress to pass another relief bill. He cautioned that the darkest days in the battle still lay ahead. In a televised address, Mr Biden also said a recent hacking attack on federal institutions showed the Trump administration had failed to prioritize cybersecurity
5: this attack constitutes a grave risk to our national security it was carefully planned and carefully orchestrated it was carried out by using sophisticated cyber tools the attackers succeeded in catching the federal government off guard and unprepared
3: The U.S. government is suing the world's largest retailer, Walmart, accusing it of helping to fuel America's opioid crisis. The Justice Department says the firm knowingly broke vetting rules in issuing prescriptions. Walmart has previously described the allegations as baseless. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes.
2: Walmart is accused of filling invalid prescriptions while ignoring warning signs about suspicious orders. The US government says the store sacrificed public health in a drive to boost sales. In an earlier lawsuit against the Justice Department, Walmart said the charges were baseless and accused the authorities of attempting to shift the blame from failed attempts to keep bad doctors from prescribing opioids in the first place. Hundreds of thousands of Americans have lost their lives to overdoses from prescription opioids over the past two decades.
3: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
2: Good morning and welcome to Bank Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today. Anna Fenton. Anna, good morning to you.
6: Good morning, everybody.
2: Today we're talking about latest developments of COVID-19 in Hong Kong and also in Australia. Authorities here say they're cautiously optimistic that we're beginning to see a drop in infections with 63 new cases reported yesterday, the lowest in a month. And the Health Secretary, Sophia Chan, has announced the suspension of all flights from the UK following news of a more infectious coronavirus variant affecting that that country and officials went to Shenzhen yesterday for a briefing on the mainland strategies amid reports that Beijing and the pro-establishment camp were urging the government to conduct mandatory testing. Well, what are the pros and cons of that as a strategy? What about you? How are you going to spend the Christmas long weekend? Are you worried? Did you get that fake message yesterday? And how are things doing in Australia? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Bankchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, bankchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us, and our number is 233 882. 266-233-88266 is the number and uh, don't forget we're also running of course our person of the year Bank chat person of the year vote as we have done for uh, a number of years uh, the person you think has been most significant in uh, 2020 we've got the list it's up on our Facebook page or you can go to the RTHK Radio 3 homepage and uh, follow a link there and uh, all the voting is being done this year uh, online so uh, you do the vote and then we do a little verification dance and and uh then your vote gets uh, registered. Uh, if you want to in- encourage your friends, this is someone that you want to champion, then uh, please this is a good this is a good place to do it. Uh, let me just go through the through the list again. Uh first uh well, in no particular order uh, we've, got, we've got Peter Choi, who's a veteran of the Battle of Hong Kong in the Second World War, who died uh, this year in 2020, uh, sadly. Second, uh, well, next, we have the uh, the Fanling Golf Course. Um, just to explain, um, the, the list that we've made, we haven't consulted any of these people. Uh, OK, we didn't ask them before we put them on the list. Uh, they're just there. Uh, and I wasn't actually in touch with the people from the uh, Fanling Golf Club uh, yesterday who said, hang on, what are we doing on this list? Uh, I, so uh, I explained that, uh, in fact, what, what happened was, and people might not realise this, uh, was that there was a nomination that from Eric uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, who said uh, the, the 110-year-old founding Old Course is an amazing uh, 110-year-old Hong Kong asset. It holds tournaments like the Hong Kong Open for 60 years, a wonderful ecological resource that links with the wider new territories precious ecosystems like Long Valley the Deep, Bar Ram, Deep Bay Ramsar site and Mears Bay. People say it's only for a few but just under half of its golf is played by non-members and it reverts back 100% to nature every single night of the year. The government wants to take it back to build super high rise and fancy villas. A case of what Joni Mitchell called in her song Yellow Taxi a paved paradise and put up a parking lot. That's That was from Eric so that was a nomination. I thought it was eye-catching. So that's the reason and if you uh, support that, uh, then you can vote for the uh, Fanling Golf Course. There's also Dr. tran Shuk Kwan uh, from the uh, uh, Health Centre for Health Protection, uh, the cleaners of Hong Kong, unknown cleaners, Professor Ben Cowling, the epidemiologist from the University of Hong Kong, of whom more in a moment. Apple Daily, the uh, popular newspaper. David Webb, the shareholder activist, commentator, frequent guest on this programme. Carrie Lam, the chief executive of Hong Kong. Frontline health workers in Hong Kong. And the RTHK reporter, uh, Nabella Kosa, who's also been in the headlines uh, this year. That's our list of the ten for the Backchat Person of the Year. Uh, We had an email, but I say, you've got to vote online, but we did have an email uh, yesterday from uh, V, who says, my vote is for Ben Cowling. His clear, straightforward, practical explanations and recommendations has reassured the public and challenged the government. An outstanding man for the moment who rose to the occasion. That's uh, a vote from uh, V there. And uh, on a related matter... Uh, Michael says, uh, I thought uh, John's message about the challenging the experts, that was one I read out yesterday, was spot on, and your verbal reply was inadequate, at least in my opinion. The bans on beach attendance, two or three dining, and the arbitrary bar closures, face masks in country parks, where is the evidence? If there is none, say so. Just because you have studied something does not make you right. That comes uh, from... Michael, thanks very much indeed for that. I think my point would be that if you have studied something for your whole life and this has been your specialist area... Uh, and you've written about it, and you have talked to people about it, and you have studied what everybody else has been writing and saying about it uh, for decades, then you probably you are better informed and your opinion is worth more than somebody who runs a bar, which was the comparison that was made by John yesterday. Anyway, joining us now is uh, Benjamin Cowling, uh, head of the Division of Epidemiology and Biostatistics at the School of Public Health at the University of Hong Kong. Professor Cowling, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for for uh joining us uh, today. Well let's start maybe with that with that question of the uh can, can we start with the issue of uh uh, mandatory testing. It seems uh, uh, it, 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 there were reports that there's a kind of uh, disagreement between uh, Beijing and uh, Hong Kong authorities on this to some extent. That uh, the Hong Kong authorities uh, say that uh, they don't see a great value in mandatory uh, universal testing. Um, what are your thoughts?
4: So, first point mandatory testing of everybody would be extremely expensive and also logistically very difficult to arrange. We did it back in September for 1.7 million people. Uh, It cost $500 billion, if I remember correctly, reported in the SCMP, something like that. So that's a lot of money, but at the same time, all the social distancing measures that we're having in the city right now are also costing our economy, costing people indirectly perhaps, a lot of money, and businesses are struggling and so on. So you, you can still see an economic argument to justify trying to get it over with more quickly. My concern with mass testing is that even if we test everybody today, we might find another 200, 300 infected people. But by the time those results are available, by the time we figure out what to do with those people and trace their contacts, infection would have already spread one step further and we'll be behind again. And we won't have eliminated the spread of COVID in the community. So in mainland China, whenever they do mass testing is combined with a lockdown. That means everybody has to stay at home for two weeks. They'll arrange the testing of everybody in the city And then, because everybody's been in lockdown, when they find out who's positive, they can do something about it. They can isolate the cases, quarantine their contacts. And then, after that, everybody can go back to normal. So it's an efficient way to get a city back to normal. But in Hong Kong, I'm not convinced that we can really implement a lockdown for two weeks and uh, the economic consequences would be staggering.
6: Professor Cowling, yesterday morning, you mentioned somewhat enigmatically about how the loopholes in the... um uh arrival system was still here that were here early in the year but you didn't really specify what were you referring to
4: Uh, so we 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 know about loopholes in people that come into the city and are not subject to the 14-day quarantine um for example air crews pilots and so on they're tested on arrival and then they're supposed to keep themselves to themselves but they're not under strict quarantine um and i think maritime crew may be a similar arrangement i'm not sure I also suspect there's special arrangements for VIPs. So I think there's a number of loopholes. So so the other, the other issue with mass testing, even if we could do something to get the number of cases down to zero and go back to normal, it wouldn't be that long, in my opinion, before we have infections again in the city and then spread again. So it's really worthwhile to get down to zero, but it's also going to be tough to stay at zero.
6: Right. Can we talk for a moment about B117, the new strain that's emerging in the U.K.? Uh, Given that apparently it's been identified by the genome um, hunters in the U.K. since mid-September, and they've somehow kept this to themselves, um, surely the potential for it being here already is is pretty much a a no-brainer.
4: I can say a little bit more about that. So there's a very specialised area of surveillance which involves genetic fingerprinting of viruses. And so far worldwide, 200,000, maybe 300,000 strains, uh, uh, samples, have been fingerprinted, genetically fingerprinted. And about half of all the fingerprinting that's been done in the world has been done in the UK. They've done an enormous amount of this fingerprinting. In Hong Kong we're doing it. We're doing about 30 a week. And we've done hundreds, probably thousands by now. So in other countries, they're also doing it at at, limited rates. So half of all the fingerprinting has been done in the UK. They saw this virus first in September, and then there's something special about it because it became more and more frequently detected October, November, and now in December, I think it's 60% or 70% of all viruses detected that they fingerprint are this particular type. So it's got some special characteristic, maybe it spreads a little bit more easily, Because if it was just like all the other strains, it wouldn't have become the predominant uh, genetic type. And like you said, it's very, very possible, I would say very likely, that it's already in other European countries. Maybe just hasn't been detected yet because they haven't done enough of this genetic fingerprinting to find it. In the US, they fingerprinted 40, something like 40 viruses in December. And it was not among those 40, but obviously it could have been the 41st, the 42nd. But still, that would mean it's not maybe predominant. Um, But I I think pointing the finger at the UK may not be sufficient because I, I strongly suspect this particular variant is in other countries already.
2: Okay, we had an email on this topic from Herman. Uh, who says last December news broke that there was a strange new coronavirus circulating in China that was neither SARS nor MERS and on January 11th 2020 China released the genetic sequence of the new virus, the country locked down. This December news broke about a new British strain of COVID but according to the Guardian Britain already knew about the new British strain of COVID months earlier. In fact we are now learning that samples have been collected in Kent and London last September. With its new set of lockdowns thanks to PM Ebenezer Scrooge, Britain looks more like an authoritarian hell than China, especially with all the panicked people fleeing London and other cities. At least China isn't facing economic ruin the way many UK businesses sadly are. Um, uh, Herman says in the meantime, I hope we can all enjoy something of a happy holiday season free from new British virus. Even Maoist Matthew and uh, Maoist uh, Alan, uh, uh, that's from Herman. Do you think that the were the British authorities? I mean, is it fair to call this a British virus? Uh, and um, were they negligent in in uh, because they spotted this in September but didn't tell no, people? So
4: in, in September it was just one of many different fingerprint type type of strains with different fingerprints that were identified. Nothing special about it in September, but they kept an eye on it. And, and, that, was made and in sep- that was made public in September,
2: That was made public in September, was it?
4: Uh, Yeah, they're they're publishing genome data all the time Mm -hmm. but at the time it's published when it's just there's no reason to think there's anything special about it the the interesting observation is when this particular strain becomes more and more predominant which is particularly noticed I think in December not before that they they suddenly notice actually it's really grown to be the predominant strain. The other interesting thing about this strain is when it was first picked up when they look back at the sequence in, in September in Kent I think it already had a lot of mutations. I think it had 20 mutations from, compared to the other viruses that were found at the time. And normally when you track viruses, they just mutate one step at a time, maybe two steps by the time you, you, you notice it. And so for this particular strain to have 20 changes over the other, things, the other strains that were circulating in Kent at the same time suggests actually that it came from somewhere else, that it had been making these evolutionary steps one step at a time in another country and then jumped back into Kent, uh, or say jumped into Kent, and then it was picked up in the UK. But my my guess would be that it's actually come from another part of the world where there hasn't been the same kind of surveillance. And that's why I also think it would be in lots of other countries by now.
2: Mm. And and Kent would be a sort of connection point, wouldn't it, with the nearest um, county for for connection with Europe. Uh, uh, Do you you agree with the uh, Hong Kong decision? Do you think that's a wise decision? And the EU decision to basically sever uh, contacts with uh, the UK? Uh,
4: think it, it was a very timely decision. We've seen the government be hesitant about some of the decisions they made, but this was a very uh, rapid decision because the, the information's only been out. Um, I, I wonder what the government will do if it's now determined within the next week or two that this variant is actually quite commonly found in other European countries. Would the government then also ban travel for anyone who's been in any other European country in the past 14 days? Um, because I, I think It is very likely that this strain is in other parts of Europe. Also, I I, I do agree with the government that if this strain was to arrive in Hong Kong and start spreading, it would be more difficult, more challenging for us to control than the strain we're already dealing with in the fourth wave. Um, So I, I understand the rationale for that. But I'm I'm worried
2: that the strain is in other parts of the con- uh, other parts of the world. Okay, just a reminder: if you want to talk to Professor Cowling, um, he's he's on until nine o'clock, so you've got 11 minutes. So now's the time to do it. Two three three eight eight two six six. If you've got a question, that's probably your your, your best bet. Uh, okay, uh, Paul from uh, Typo, who's who's uh, sceptical about the value of masks, uh, says uh, on COVID-19 in the UK. Well, this is interesting. Despite masks being mandated and more stringent social distancing laws in the uk a new variant of covid19 has emerged obviously masks and social distancing are not the answer what exactly is it going to take for mask wearing to be a personal choice again that comes uh, from paul in Taipo, who's saying that obviously uh, the emergence of this uh new strain uh, means that uh, masks and social distancing are not the answer Do you want to respond to that
4: uh, so uh, we certainly understand very well that masks can reduce the spread of coronavirus but at the same time we've seen in Hong Kong now we have a fourth wave. We had a first, second, third wave and a fourth wave each of which happened despite everybody wearing masks in the community almost all the time and so we we know that masks are not enough but the situation would be worse if we were not wearing masks. We know that masks make a difference and when you think about all the different kind of measures the government can use and, and people can use to reduce the risk of getting COVID and to reduce the transmission of COVID in the community. Masks are relatively inexpensive and they do make a difference. Maybe they reduce transmission by 20%. And that's actually more of a reduction in in transmission than we would expect from school closures. And look at how disruptive school closures are. So when you think about all the kind of measures that can be taken, masks would be number one on my list because it's such a simple measure and it can give us that 20% reduction in transmission. If we didn't have mask wearing in the community, then we'd have to think of other ways to bring transmission down instead. So in the UK, it's true they've, they've been wearing masks, not as well as we've been doing in Hong Kong, but masks can't completely prevent transmission and they can't completely prevent the, the, uh, the, the possibility that new variants, emerge. new variants could emerge in Hong Kong, they could emerge in any other country as well. It's just a, a numbers game. The more infections you have in a country, the more chance you have of seeing these kind of uh, mutants emerging.
2: Okay. Uh, a couple more comments in emails. Andrew says, Hi, Backchat. At this point of the fourth wave in Hong Kong, what was the urgency for some of the senior Hong Kong administration and entourage to appear in person in Shenzhen for a meeting? Can't they use Zoom like everyone else to practical, sensible distancing that everyone else is? An irresponsible, ridiculous loophole, surely? That comes uh, from uh, Andrew. And Matthew says, The details of the case of the pro-CCP Letitia Lee seem quite opaque and strange. It seems unclear whether her or her husband were tested in advance of her passing and notified of results. Also, I read reports that even a couple of days after her passing, her husband had not been quarantined. Can Professor Cowling or others shed light on this, and in particular how it's possible the spouse of someone who died from COVID would not be quarantined? Do you know anything about that, Professor Cowling? The
4: the news that struck me was actually the 80-year-old lady who was looked after by her daughter. Uh, her daughter was isolated and they were supposed to come and get the mother to take her into quarantine. And they didn't do it for three days. And when they eventually arrived at the flat, the mother was found, uh, passed away, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that, that's indicative of the delays that have occurred in the past few weeks with isolating patients and then tracing and quarantining their close contacts. Uh, you can also see in the daily statistics a lot of unlinked cases every day. I don't think those cases are necessarily unlinkable. I think it is possible to connect them up with other cases. It just hasn't been done on the day when they're reported. So I think something's happened with the the, the testing and the tracing system. Maybe too many cases all at the same time, um, and then not enough resources available to to handle all of the work that that comes downstream of identifying cases and, and then tracing their contacts. But whatever's happened, it's really not ideal. And I hope that it could be fixed by the fourth wave. I, I think it, we remember in the, in the third wave, the testing and tracing uh, system had a similar problem in the peak in July when we had 100-something cases a day. And as a consequence of that, I, uh, I saw it was reported in the news that the, that the Department of Health brought in the police to help with the contact tracing. And I, I, I would imagine that's still the case. But maybe we need even more help with the test and trace.
6: Is it that or is it people who simply can't afford to not work and are just carrying on because they don't have any you know, way to support themselves? No, they... these,
4: these delays in, in isolation and, and also quarantine are recognised. So the, the example with the 80-year-old lady and the, the litigious release husband and, and many others as well, where they, they wait at home for, for the chance to be taken to the quarantine camp. And then when they end up in quarantine, they, they may only be there for a week instead of the two weeks because of all the delays in in the whole process. Um, it's really not ideal. Um, and I think it's probably more resources than needed.
2: All right. Uh, Paul's come back. He says Mr. Cowling did not answer my question, which was what exactly is it going to take for mask wearing to be a personal choice again?
4: I always thought it should be a personal choice. I said that back in March uh, to Bloomberg. It, there's, a, there's a clip of me saying exactly that. In Hong Kong, we, we never needed a mask mandate because everybody was wearing masks all the time where it was important. I never understood the need for a mask mandate in country parks. There's no evidence of any risk of transmission in country parks. But in the city, on public transport, in crowded places, we've always seen, going back to January, universal mask use in Hong Kong. So I thought the, the mask mandate was, wasn't really a, the most important thing to bring in. Um, it could be a personal choice. At the same time, we, we do understand that wearing masks is important.
2: Okay, uh, Phil B says, "Was Halloween the spark for the fourth wave?"
4: Uh, no, the spark for the fourth wave was the dancing cluster. Uh, it, it, uh, what I've heard reported in the news is that the, one of the earliest cases was able to visit a relative in quarantine who'd come back from the UK, and so that that that's not supposed to happen. When someone comes back and is in the hotel quarantine, they're not supposed to have any visitors. But in this case, they did, and then that led to the, the outbreak in the dancing clubs and then that wasn't picked up quickly enough there was a maybe a lack of compliance with contact tracing according to some of the news reports that i heard and then that let it kind of get out of control because then there were suddenly a oh, cases a day very very quickly if you look back at the third wave it took quite a while to get to 100 cases a day in the fourth wave that happened much more quickly
2: okay david l says dear backchat by order of the government all golf courses have now been closed in last Friday's South Carolina Morning Post, there was a leading opinion article extolling the virtues of fitness. Yesterday I found an extract in the independent newspaper in the UK uh, which states that golf courses and driving ranges and outdoor sports facilities will be allowed to remain open in Tier 4 areas in England. If the above is the position in England, then surely the Hong Kong government can be asked to permit the same uh, in Hong Kong. From some uh, David L. Professor Cowling, any...
4: I I don't know. I I, I do wonder why we're not allowed to do some of these outdoor sports when when it's really minimal risk. And then, until recently, indoor sports were still permitted. I I think there was a time when you weren't allowed to play football or basketball outdoors, but you were allowed to play badminton and table tennis indoors. And that didn't really make sense to me. I still think golf would be fine, outdoor sports would be fine. Uh, There's an issue with the changing facilities and and the possibility of transmission there. But there's probably ways to deal with that. Um, I I hope that that will be a possibility again very soon. Mm -hmm.
6: Uh, Professor Cowling, a kind of more umbrella question, really. Lord Matt Ridley, the very well-respected science journalist in the UK, raised an interesting point last night, which was that lockdown is not the way to go because coronaviruses naturally weaken as they work their way through the population, especially the younger members of the population, and that by halting the natural progress of a coronavirus, you in fact just postpone deaths, uh, you don't prevent them. What's your view on that, on the policy of lockdown in general?
5: Uh, So I I
4: don't completely agree with the idea that the coronavirus is going to weaken as it works its way through the population. We've actually seen this new variant in the UK emerge, which is somehow stronger. It's more transmissible than the previous strains. So that's not a weakening. That's actually in some sense a strengthening. But that's transmission,
6: uh, isn't it? Not severity Well, we, we don't know about the
4: severity yet, but still a virus which is more transmissible is stronger in some sense. There's no evidence that the severity of infection has attenuated. Okay. And if we were to allow COVID to pass through the population here and weaken as it went, if, even if it did weaken, the consequence would be tens of thousands of deaths from coronavirus in hong kong and hospitals that are completely flooded with patients and intensive care units that can't cope and lots of those deaths occurring perhaps unnecessarily because the healthcare workers weren't able to cope with the sheer numbers of cases even now in the fourth wave with 100 cases a day the hospitals are under quite a lot of pressure uh, the infectious disease specialists are under a lot of pressure the 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 isolation wards are getting close to full <laughs> asia expo is filling up it's not full but it, it we're under a lot of pressure now, and that's just with 100 cases a day. Imagine if we had 1,000 or 10,000 cases a day, what the pressure would be like.
2: OK. Uh, sorry, we've just got, like, 30 seconds. But, um, you know, we have got a, a, a lower number of cases, lowest in, in a month. Are you? Do you share that cautious optimism the authorities expressed in Hong Kong?
4: Yeah, still got a long way to go with the fourth wave. Though I don't think we'll see zero before Chinese New Year. I think there'll be a blip, a jump after Christmas and the New Year because of people meeting together, so it's still a long way to go.
2: Is it time to get really tough? To, to do mandatory testing, lockdowns, uh, contact oh, tracing? Sure, and we,
4: we can consider it. Uh, there's, a, there's a trade-off between the, the cost of those programmes and the benefit we we'll get from them. And as I said, even if we get down to zero, I'm not sure how long we we work all the effort to get down to zero. And then we relax, and then it comes back again um, because there's an enormous cost of lockdown and mass testing.
2: OK, well, Professor Cowling, thank you very much indeed for joining us uh, once again, Head of the Division of Epidemiology and Biostatistics. At the School of Public Health at the University of Hong Kong. Uh, more after the news at nine, including uh, an update on what's happening in Australia. The weather forecast: cloudy with a few rain patches. Uh, maximum temperature about twenty degrees today. Bright and mild during the day during the Christmas holidays. Eighteen degrees now. Humidity at eight. Stay in office as he faces corruption allegations. Mr. Netanyahu denied he wanted a new poll and accused Blue and White of reneging on their agreement. The prime minister looks likely to face a strong challenge from a new right-wing party. In Spring's election. Meanwhile, support for Mr. Gans's centrist blue and white appears to have plummeted.
3: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
2: Welcome back, back chat this Wednesday morning with Anna Fenton and uh, Mihu Chiverton. We continue to talk about uh, aspects of uh, COVID. Uh, just, uh, yeah, just an update on our, on our contacts. Um, our regular number uh, is out of order. Uh, i apologise for that at the moment. So uh, w- if you want to uh, call in and talk, and we'd love to hear from you, two three three eight eight two six seven is the number, Two three three eight eight two six seven uh is the number. Anna, you were saying the original number you, th- you found hard to remember.
6: Yeah, I always have to write it, you know, go and re-remind myself. I don't just remember it. Oh, OK.
2: Yeah. Um, I've, I've said it once a year, I mean once a day for <laughs> 30 years. So it's definitely part of me. Uh, anyway, as it sounds, yes, if you want to uh, join us... Uh, please call us two three three eight eight two six seven 88267 is the number um, just to get a, f- a few comments uh, yeah, Paul, Paul uh, who was asking some questions uh, earlier of uh, Professor Ben Cowling says thanks for tabling my question maybe one day I'll pluck up the courage to phone in, well do that and Merry Christmas to you too as well, thank you Paul um, for that uh, please if you want to interact with our guests um, Johnny says I don't doubt that Professor Cowling provides some value added insights and commentary on covid but i suspect he also likes the media spotlight so my vote for person of the year would definitely go to the selfless twan shuk kwan who's done an admirable job despite her personal tragedy that comes from uh, johnny chan is, is there a problem in liking the media spotlight if you're an academic and you're willing to uh, come on and explain things um i don't know uh, one more comment this is from uh john who says uh this is a question for professor cowling who's who's left us now Uh, if you were offered a covid vaccine on a russian roulette basis where you would be given either the Pfizer vaccine, the AstraZeneca vaccine, or the Sinovac vaccine, but you could not choose which you would get. Would you accept vaccination under these circumstances, says John. With a vivid imagination there, John. Uh, we'll put, maybe put that question to uh, him. Uh, between uh, Christmas and New Year, that's also, of course, the course, of time that we're doing our voting for the back chat uh, person of the year. All will be revealed, the final scores, in our first programme of the New Year. That's going to be on the 4th of January. That'll be at uh, nine o'clock in the morning. Hope you can join us for that. In the meantime, do check out our list of uh, uh, suggestions for Backchat Person of the Year and place your vote. Uh, Joining us now, we have Dr. Gabriel Choi, who's president of the Hong Kong Medical Association, and Dr. Tom Lee, who's an emergency medical consultant who's based in Perth, to get us up to date on what's happening um, in Australia. Once again, our email, backchat at rthk.hk. Herman, Larry and uh, Norman, uh, very concerned by the... Uh, what's happening in the UK. Um, Norman says, uh, Greece and Cyprus are the only EU countries now allowing UK travellers to enter. All of the other EU countries have halted UK arrivals over a new infectious strain of COVID-19. Given that it's reported that the new strain might have spread to other countries, such as Australia and South Africa, these countries may be in for some troubling times. Yet Boris Johnson is reportedly convinced that France imposed the ban Quote, to to pile on pressure over Brexit, still politicising the coronavirus. Never the British government's fault for not having acted earlier. The Guardian reported on the 20th December that the new strain on COVID-19 was first detected in the UK in September, and the UK government has been aware of it since October. Yet Public Health England said the agency notified the UK government and findings were submitted to the WHO on 18th of December. A big delay. I fully expect some of your regular listeners, such as the self-proclaimed Maoist Matthew, to come out to save the West from any bad press, because only China or Australia could do wrong. How could a superior Western country uh, ever do wrong? That comes from Norman. I think some of the things that Professor Cowling was saying uh, were were relevant to that. Uh, Larry says, hello, I am sick of Donald Trump's incompetence. Over 40 countries have imposed bans on UK flights to isolate Britain's mutated coronavirus strain. News that it may have already spread to other parts of Europe as well as Australia is fanning worries and British officials have admitted it's out of control. Yet Trump's administration still hasn't acted. That comes from Larry, thank you very much indeed for those comments. Backchat at hk. Dr Choi, Gabriel Choi, good morning. good morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Uh, uh, there do seem to be uh, some pressure building on the Hong Kong administration for stronger measures, compulsory measures, maybe a lockdown, maybe uh, mandatory testing, uh, uh, maybe uh, compulsory use of the tracing app. Do you think it's time for those sort of stronger measures now?
5: Well, it depends on what the mainland government wants. If it imposes uh, its will on the Hong Kong government, then uh, it has to be done. I think, uh, but uh, whether this will be effective de- depends on whether the mandatory testing will be combined with a complete city lockdown. If there's not, if there's no city lockdown. And uh, after the testing, uh, the person may get infected in another few days and the whole process will be built up. So it has to be a very um, careful and delicate plan uh, before it can be uh, uh, initiated.
6: Dr. Choi, surely this is all looking backwards now that we've got the vaccine. Surely we should be putting pressure on people, whoever, wherever, to get us the vaccine rather than banging on about testing, which, as you say, just provides a snapshot and no, nothing more than that.
5: Even the vaccine is, uh, is, uh, 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 you need to be very cautious. I mean, these are new vaccines and uh, they have been rushed out uh, in a year's time and uh, which is far from traditional. And whether it will work or whether there are side effects or long-term effects is yet to be uh, discovered. So uh, if you ask me, I won't rush in to be the first one to be vaccinated.
6: So you wouldn't be putting your hand up for a vaccine now? How long would you want to wait to be sure?
5: I think uh, maybe another year or so uh, uh, when, when all the dices are down and everything is clearer and whether the long-term effects are, are, are available to the public or to the medical personnel, then it's time to reconsider. But uh, for me, I, I would rather uh, do the uh, hand-washing, the masking and the social distancing to the strictest uh, rather than uh, get myself vaccinated uh, just when the vaccine is uh, starting. Even the China vaccine has uh, just... We, I think I was just uh, informed that it has a success rate of just over fifty percent, so this is not a very nice figure.
2: So I mean but if everybody did this acted the same as you, then the the, the virus would continue
5: to it, it, it should be a very personalized uh, uh, decision uh, for the citizens. It should be based on the data available. Uh, uh, should be based on uh, the, the factual, uh results uh, from overseas and so on, and it should not be imposed there. Should uh, I think the government will get clear that it should be a voluntary inoculation and not the a mandatory uh, vaccination?
2: But but you wouldn't take it, and and, and you would. That's advi- the advice you'd give to your patients, is it as well? You I wouldn't would take any vaccine. Vision,
5: I would ask my patient to look consider uh, by themselves, look at the facts. I would try to su- supply them with the figures and the results and the um, uh, 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 the trial results uh, of the...
2: What would be the, the risk? risk? Well, I mean, that's an unusual sort of approach for a doctor to take. A doctor would usually uh, say, you know, would be the expert who would, who would make the recommendation. Doctors
5: should not be dogmatic and should not be paternalistic. And doctors uh, should uh, let the patient have the right to decide for themselves after weighing the uh, weighing the facts and the risks uh, to decide whether they should take the vaccine or not.
2: And, and what would be the risks? What would be the downside?
5: Well, the downside, we are dealing with a vaccine which has uh, never been tried before. This is the new creation. The, the mRNA RNA vaccine is the new creation. So uh, whether it, it will have a long-term effect, uh, we don't know uh whether it will cause any any future damage to the central nervous system uh we don't know so we have to look at the figures very closely uh after the vaccination uh after a mass vaccination say in the in the space or in u k then we, we when the figures prop up then we can be more sure that it is
2: safe uh so you would uh, given the choice you would prefer the uh the sinovac vaccine which is not produced along those in the same way
5: uh, the Sinovac has not gone through phase three. The result of phase three has not been properly published. So I don't comment on the Sinovac at this point in time.
2: Okay. Uh, but if, you know, what about this point that if everyone in Hong Kong uh, followed you, uh, then we would just continue to have this disease, uh, it, you know, indefinitely? I don't
5: think everyone in Hong Kong will follow me. So I think it's a, it's a judgment call. It's Depends on the individual's uh, uh, concern, individual's trial, whether, whether they is uh, more exposed uh, uh, than others, whether they are sedentary, uh, uh, staying at home, or whether they are very active going about. So it, it, it is a, a personal choice uh, to be made by patients and citizens alike.
2: In a sense, it's a personal choice, but isn't it also uh, a social responsibility? Because you would not be just be doing this for yourself, but you'd be doing this for the sake of your your spouse, your family, your friends, your community, for Hong Kong as a whole. You have a, you also could argue you have a social uh, uh, well, I think status. That it's that not is just you on your that own.
5: That is a point that you should consider also. I, I totally agree. But that, uh, the social responsibility is also one point you, you should consider. Whether whether the vaccine works or whether the vaccine may do more harm than good. Uh, uh, it's also something that one should consider.
6: Mm. Do you think we will be given the choice or will it be mandatory here?
5: Uh, I was told or I read in the, in the media that uh, we will not be given the choice. But uh, I think, uh, uh, again, this morning I was told that, that this may change. So I don't know.
2: It's mm. up to the government. Uh, a choice, you mean a choice of uh, which, vaccine to choose? Uh, which vaccine to choose, not whether or not you get vaccinated. No, whether you the...
5: get vaccinated or not is very clear. I think uh, we're, uh, uh, in Macau and uh, Hong Kong, I think it's already clearly uh, said that uh, you can, uh, uh, the, the vaccination is a voluntary procedure. Okay, think, yeah. that, that's the yeah. main point, yeah. yeah.
6: But um, as someone said earlier, Russian roulette with the three vaccines—we're not going to get that choice.
5: I don't. I, I well, at, at least the CEO, Gary Lam, said that there's not going to be a choice, and we should not be making it political. But personally, I I think uh, uh, if, if the vaccine is out on the market for sale, I think then. It, should get a choice, but right now it's not for sale to the individual. The so uh, there's a difficulty in getting a choice.
6: Do you think there'll be a black market developing in it?
5: No, I don't think you can get a black market because the the vaccine is uh, purchased in bulk by various government a, uh, agencies. So it's not going to be easy to get, uh, uh, you know, uh, a few hundred doses of vaccine by the by the uh, single doctors.
2: Okay. Also with us, I say, is Dr. Tom Lee, uh, emergency medical consultant based in in Perth. Dr. Lee, um, good day to you. Thanks, thanks very much indeed for joining us. Uh, what's the situation? How do things stand in Australia? You've you've done overall extremely well, haven't you? I mean, low uh, low figures. Uh,
0: yes, we have. Hugh, can I uh, wish you and Anna and Professor Choi a happy Christmas before I start? Thank you. Same to you. Yeah.
5: So. Basically, it's been very interesting. The Australian
0: approach, and you guys probably have a very good knowledge that uh, they've taken the uh, the whole lockdown measures very, um, you know, severely and early back in, you know, the beginning of um, the COVID uh, uh, spread, and it's worked out pretty well since. And uh, having said that, they've been. Uh, you know, what we call the second wave uh, in Melbourne uh, back in June and uh, July and August. There's been um, a a, a big uh, second wave there. And I think, uh, again, to show their lockdown measures and the public health measure worked, because uh, by four months uh, they left the lockdown. There were zero cases and have been, you know, minuscule cases since. And Adelaide had a small, small, very small local cluster, and again, through a, a very uh, strong measures, they control it very well. And currently, see, that's the, the point I also want to make is a lot of confusion about information. And uh, the current uh, Northern Beaches, New South Wales um, uh, outbreak on local clusters is small and also is not to do with, so far anyway, not to do with the UK strain. They have seen UK strain, the, the latest uh, variant uh, in the uh, returnees from uh, from UK, but not not the local customers.
2: Okay, so w- when you talked about the lockdown, so this you know you said the lockdowns have seemed to have been successful. So that would be people being confined to their homes, or how do they actually work?
0: So they again, I, I when I've discussed this with you guys before back in uh, April, yeah. uh, very much well published actually in New Zealand uh, uh, measures in uh, in medical journals in in the Lancet. Uh, their public health uh supplement, about how to do it with different tiers different restrictions. i'm not an expert in public health i can't i've already missed lots of points but it's a very clear uh, approach to different tier at whatever time due to the uh number of cases and the spread and the the uh the, the incident uh, and so on they escalate or de-escalate and and certainly uh, they were stringent and uh, perhaps, you know, closer to mine is what ha- happened in um, Melbourne. And they, uh, they'd gone into a very simple the lockdown. There were, there were very strong restrictions even for uh, social gathering. Even people could not cross state border. You know, imagine Australia. You know, there are people who live, especially in the country and the regional uh, places that cross two, two states. And they were actually limited from travelling between you know, the states within a, a, a town or, or uh, a small, you know, uh, local suburbs. So that, that works out for them. I'm not saying that's the only solution. And as Ben and Professor Troy highlighted, you know, there are all sorts of other issues that have been considered. And, and certainly there's a big social cost, economic cost. There are other issues associated with it. But uh, so far, Australia has been very lucky, you know, and uh, we, we we certainly got away with it. But, uh, I guess, you know, with the concern now, with this more virulent strain in the UK that we've seen, you know, it's probably, you know, have, have to be, again, very careful. And, and, uh, one thing to highlight, you know, what happened in Melbourne and certainly what happened in Adelaide with the local cluster, it's very clear to do with hotel quarantining and, uh, there have been problems, uh, with hotel quarantine measures with the staff. And, and I guess, you know, there are a lot of these lessons worth the world sharing, you know, and, uh. And, and and hopefully, everybody can learn. You know, the, these measures, when they pull in, you thought that it will resolve the problem. Actually, somehow, actually, can have other issues and created, you know, other risks. So it's something that's worth uh, discussing.
2: Can I ask you about about vaccines? Um, uh, we had that email from uh, from John uh, earlier asking Professor Cowling, you know, if you were offered uh, the Pfizer vaccine, the AstraZeneca, or the Sinovac. Uh, would you accept a vaccination under those circumstances? What are your thoughts on the different um, vaccines? Yeah, I, I'm not an expert on emergency mm. physicians. It, and it's funny that the
0: gentleman mentioned about Russian roulette, let's not forget Russia have their own vaccine called Russian Sputnik Yeah,
6: So
0: uh, that, that, uh, that's probably not the best analogy to mention about Russian roulette there. But the, 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 the truth is, I don't know enough. I think that's what Professor Choi's point is. We currently don't know enough. There are a lot of very good information out there and they've been very open, a lot of the vaccine uh, manufacturers uh, and scientists involved in producing the vaccines in terms of, you know, their study data and so on. And um, that has, has been, been been very very useful for us all. But perhaps, you know, still then, you know, we mentioned about Sinovac. They have produced in, in Lancet back in November, the phase one and phase two, and Professor Shorey mentioned the phase three data we are not seeing in the public yet. So, well, so it's due out issue, today, you know, isn't
6: it? It's, it's due today. Yeah,
0: I, I think. Yeah, so that's that's the thing about you know getting the data out and you know so, so people can see you know what's going on. Like like what happened, you guys might remember with the Astrazeneca uh, uh, Oxford vaccine. They had problems with people getting fever during the trial, and they stopped the vaccine. The, the whole process was transparent, and. Um, the, the, the other issue is the, 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 the vaccines, the, the different uh, vaccines have uh, different properties, storage, delivery issues, uh, production speed and costs and so on. It's not a simple matter. Like I was talking to colleagues in the UK about their programme and on the service it looks simple on the government in terms of how they're going to distribute and different uh, risks. Uh, you know, high different level of risk groups, and 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 to do different level of risk with if online uh, healthcare workers or healthcare workers and and others. But in truth, you know, he was saying to me, it is actually seems somewhat, you know, it's still a bit chaotic. And uh, we've seen it in the US. There were the residents in Stanford uh, up in, you know, their arms and going on a, a mini strike because they weren't getting the vaccine, despite they're clearly a frontline health professional. So there are there are also of problems like this we have to encounter and face. And uh, the more complicated issues, I don't want to, you know, be, um, be, be uh, uh, you know, difficult in terms of a choice of vaccine. I believe all health measures, uh, therapeutics, otherwise, should have a, a strong, you know, or should be about personal choice. But when that comes to vaccine, let's not forget about herd immunity. So if you don't achieve the herd immunity, you have problems, you know, the... There are all sorts of different problems associated with it. Whether it's the um, mutations, whether it's actual, you know, the efficacy of the vaccine. So, 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 you know, the, the, the matter is is very difficult. And I guess what Professor Choice talking about is actually we need time to think, you know, and uh, and and look at them properly and get a. Solution and Australia have been lucky because the cases are low. The current discussion on the news, uh, the public health um, and significance like the chief medical officer for the news outlet is they will watch what happened in the US and UK before they act, which I think you know they're certainly in a lucky position versus like what I've said earlier when discussing my colleagues in the UK when they have significant. You know, cases when,
2: you know, the hospital getting overwhelmed, you don't have that choice. You mm, know, it's you, more urgent. We're taking more jets check- yeah. Okay, couple uh, couple of emails just want to share. Uh, Dan says, uh, "Dear back chat, Larry's email trashing of Trump regarding COVID restrictions is a perfect illustration of my point that so many people these days care more about their opinions and feelings than they do about facts and truth." Here's the truth: travel from many EU countries to the USA has been restricted by a presidential proclamation since last March, with flights to and from the USA and most of the EU banned. The present restrictions can be found at. the The CDC website in the USA and many other places. Travelers from the UK, Ireland, uh, are specifically prohibited entry to the US. And there's a link to that. Dan says, please tell Larry to do his homework. Thoughtfully, yours, Dan. Um, uh, G says, I understand that there are at least two types of conventional flu shots. One of which may preclude taking of the other type. Can your guests confirm this? And will the supply to COVID vaccines? vaccinations what information is available about contraindications for the current covid vaccines uh, dr Choi? is that is that right if you take the uh if you take the sinovac one uh you can't take um the other one you can't take the pfizer is that right uh, i have
5: not know? heard about that but uh i guess if you take one uh you probably don't need to take others because you'll be the supply of the vaccine is limited and you'll be robbing the other guy of the choice of getting vaccinated so uh, uh, if you get one one kind of vaccine, you probably will not be given the other uh, okay uh, but you
2: don't know that actually one actually precludes the other
5: no I, I I have not heard about that one
2: okay well that's that second question what information is available about contraindications for the current I think the uh,
5: current contraindication mainly is allergy. Allergic to any vaccine in the past, you should not be taking the the the, the new COVID vaccine
2: mm-hmm. uh, okay. because
5: of, of severe anaphylaxis. Patient mm. mm. may, may certainly collapse uh, uh, in the waiting room hour within 15 minutes after the shot
2: sure. Uh, uh, Jeffrey says I would like to see immunity tests so that we know if we need a vaccine or not that would also tell us quite a, uh, quite a lot of us already had it or not and that might give some light into whether lockdowns are needed or to what degree. That is uh, from Jeffrey. Do- Dr Choi what about the can we learn lessons from Australia with uh, you know sort of short sharp lockdowns is that is that a way to go? Uh,
5: well, I think uh, the in Hong Kong is uh, very different in that we are very crowded and uh, we, if we have a complete lockdown the supply of food and essential materials to the individual citizens will be difficult. I think right now it, even uh, the, the incident of the, of the lady who died uh, in her home while waiting for uh, transport to the uh, hospital facility illustrates this <clears throat> that uh, there's a lack of uh, supporting facilities to assist those uh, uh, especially elderly, elderly uh, staying at home without uh, help um, and they may just end up dying, dying at home without uh, necessary uh, help.
2: We, we we have seen uh, yesterday the lowest number of new infections in a month. Um, is that good news uh, Dr Choi? I guess it must be. Does that mean that maybe we're seen the worst of the fourth wave? I
5: think uh, Dr. Jiang Chukuan said it in the press conference that uh, that that is a good wish, but uh, she cannot be sure that uh, this means that the, uh, the, the infection is dying down. Uh, we have to wait and see.
6: So how do you think we're doing, um, Dr. Choi? Are we doing everything we can now, or what should the government be having us do to help us I now?
5: Think the government is... Um, Fighting, the, especially the food and health uh, bill, is fighting a lonely uh, uh, battle because uh, it does not have the support of the other uh, branches, like the uh, firemen, like the uh, policemen, and so on. The, the, you need the more more manpower to uh, facilitate a, a, a mandatory tenants or lockdown and so on. And right now, there's the support of uh, getting Notified uh, through the SMS that you are uh, tested negative, uh, did not come about within 48 hours. Some people have to wait for a few days, much more longer. And uh, according to the latest uh, change in uh, uh, code, uh, in CAP 599J, uh, you have to ask the patient, the doctor have to ask the, the person who is uh, being tested to stay at home for at least uh, for until they receive the SMS that uh, they are not infected. So if the SMS did not arrive uh, in time within the two days, they may be stuck at home for four days or more. So this is uh, fair unsatisfactory. And this government claims it's due to a breakdown in the
2: in the computer system, Uh, but this is not acceptable. Okay, one more specific question. Um, Maybe I could put this to both the doctors, and I I know you're not specialists in this area, uh, but GE says, I have read that one contraindication for at least one of the current COVID vaccines is for those on blood-thinning medication. Can your guests confirm blood-thinning medication? Does that mean you you, you can't or you shouldn't uh, take the vaccine? Dr. Choi, do you know anything about that?
5: No, I don't know. About that I have a lot of patients on blood thinning medication, and they are supposed to be chronic, chronic illnesses patients. That and that means that they are high risk patients. So, on the contrary, I think uh, these patients, like patients who are who, who have um, coronary artery disease and have a stent inside their heart, or patients uh, who are on blood thinners because of various uh, conditions like venous thrombosis and so on, they should be the ones getting the vaccine instead of not getting the vaccine.
2: Dr. Lee, do you know anything about that?
5: Yeah, I think, too, that's, that's the issue.
0: You know, like even blood thinning medications, Dr. Choi would agree that are you talking about uh, antiplatelet like aspirin? Are you talking about the traditional uh, blood thinners like warfarin? Are you talking about the newer, this uh, a, a new, what we call the NOVAC uh, blood thinning uh, medication? So I guess your listeners probably have a work, finding out the details, and then we can perhaps, you know, look into it. There has been, you know, remember back in the days when they first started, there was some concern about you know, people uh, taking uh, ibuprofen with a uh, problem with the COVID and so on, you know, with uh, a high risk of getting COVID and high, high mortality. I think there's just been no far so far no evidence for, for, for that at all. You know, people can probably still use their anti-inflammatory as, as, as they should. So, yeah, but I guess I'm, I'm really out, out of my uh, expertise to uh, answer that quite generalized question.
2: Sure, fair, fair so, enough. Apologies. No, no problem. OK, one more comment. This is from Mike. No problem complete without Mike, who says, I take objection to the one thing your professional said 30 seconds before the close of the discussion at nine, that the virus has strengthened stroke, at least more virulent. Uh, one statistic that isn't consistent with that idea is that in New York, infection numbers are higher than the first wave, but deaths are a fraction of what they were on the first wave. I think, to be fair to Professor Cowling, what he said was that it had strengthened in the sense that it was uh, that it was spread more easily, not in the sense that it made people uh, more sick. I think he did specify... Um, that, just to clarify. Uh, Dr. Gabriel Choi, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. President of the Hong Kong Medical Association. And many thanks to Dr. Tom Lee, an emergency medical consultant uh, based in Perth. Anna, thank you very much indeed. That's it from us for today. Back uh, at 8.30 tomorrow, we're going to be talking about uh, conciliation and uh, making up for Christmas. I uh, hope you can uh, join us for that. The weather, cloudy, with a few rain patches and temperatures up to about 20 degrees. Now, look bright and mild during the day during Christmas holidays and early next week becoming cold appreciably in the middle of next week 18 Celsius now humidity 83% To prevent pneumonia and respiratory tract infection always keep hands clean and wash hands for at least 20 seconds Put the lid down before flushing Add water to U-traps regularly Cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when sneezing or coughing Wear a mask and seek medical advice promptly if unwell Fully cover your nose, mouth, and chin with a mask. Visit chp.gov.hk to learn more.
3: 9.33, the news with Samantha Butler. The Food and Health Bureau says 800 people who tested negative for COVID-19 since the end of last month didn't get texted their result due to a computer glitch. It says it expects to resolve the problem shortly. Pro-government lawmaker Priscilla Leung said this was a serious problem and called for a leadership overhaul here over anti-epidemic efforts. Donald Trump has rejected a $900 billion coronavirus relief package, which was agreed by Congress on Sunday after months of wrangling. In a video released on Twitter, he denounced the bill as a disgrace and said it failed to allocate enough to hard-pressed American families. And France has begun reopening its borders to traffic from Britain after a 48 hour closure, which has left thousands of trucks stranded in southeast England. European Union citizens and residents, freight drivers, and others will be allowed in, provided they have a negative coronavirus test. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock.
6: Thanks, Sam.
1: And a very good morning to you. Two days to go. And we've got 30 minutes of festive, fun favourites to get us going on The Morning Brew. Uh, this is James it's Ross.
3: Christmas time. Again.